welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, you can find on Twitter, never calling it X, at Horizon Matt. You can find us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. Uh, you can find all of our the links to all of our social accounts at HorizonRoundtable.com slash subscribe. Become a patron at Patreon.com slash HorizonRoundtable. And, of course, be sure to subscribe to us where podcasts are found in Matt. This is one of my favorite episodes every year. Um, I know you love this one, and, and I don't, I don't well, dislike it, but I don't. Ha- you, I mean, you love this episode. This is because I'm connected. Because the, you know, this is how I came up uh, in student media. Well, you let's know? make sure that they know when they leave here today they can do better than you. Like just because this is the path you chose. Dear God, I hope so. <laughs> don't grow up to be angry middle-aged podcast guy. <laughs> That's my I, only I like- advice to you. I, I like the chances of, of the people we're talking to. Yeah, I think we're I think we're good. So yeah, this year's this year's edition is no different. So uh, as we do as we've done every year for the last few years, uh, we welcome members of the student media throughout the Horizon League. So so let's go ahead and get started with the introductions. Uh, we'll start with the uh, with, with uh, joining us from the Northerner, which is a Northern Kentucky student newspaper. Uh, Tori Houston, welcome, Tori. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody. <laughs> All right. Um, and then from WXOU, Oakland's radio station, back for another year, uh, Giovanni Mocheri. Giovanni, as always, good to talk to you. Hey, it's a pleasure to be back. I'm glad I didn't scare you guys off last year. <laughs> We're the scary ones here, Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> Not Keep disagreeing. All right. Um, and joining us from the Colonial Sports Network, we get a lot of the guys from the Colonial Sports Network. They like have the, the deepest bench of all student media, I swear to God. Keeping um, them is always the hard part, but go on. All right. Michael Deemer, thank you very much for joining us, Michael. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, for having me. And uh, hopefully joining us here, uh, we, we actually we, – we're, we're expecting a, a, a jam bar too far. Uh, Jambar, of course, is uh, Youngstown State student newspaper. Uh, Cameron Yemi and uh, John Stopwitz, uh, they should be joining us, uh, to, and hopefully we will. Uh, they'll jump in a little later on. So uh, we've got a lot of t- lot to talk about. Um, hey, Bob, know, didn't you say that you came up through student newspaper? What was the student newspaper that you wrote for? Oh, the Cauldron. Yes. Uh, uh, our, 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 that was Cleveland State, right? That's this league, right? Why, yes, it is, as a matter of fact. Hey, why don't we have a Cauldron representative? An excellent question to which I have not had a good answer for like a few years. Oh, okay, just checking. Cool. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um... But yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get into the your talk about your specific schools. I know exhibitions are in full swing, uh, but I wanted to talk about kind of the elephant in the room, uh, the news coming out of the NCAA from on Friday afternoon. Nice job, guys. As always, uh, the selection criteria has changed for the NIT. Where, as I understand it, they have changed it so the top two net rated teams for each of the Power Six conferences that they determine is Power Six. Uh, Big East is part of this, apparently. Uh, they're going to get an automatic bid and an opportunity to host a first-round game in the NIT. Anybody who ca- – uh, any school, any conference that had a regular season champion is no longer going to have that opportunity. They're not going to get an auto bid. So given where we are at as a league, that mean, that could that potentially means that we're SOL. Uh, so, you know – as student media members, uh, you guys are on the ground. What do you got? Where do you guys come out on this decision? I mean, you know, we talked plenty about this on our end. Um, 
nonstop. But I, I wanted to get your guys' take on this particular decision, which uh, and I don't want to say sway you, but it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, an unbiased way. I, I guess I'll take the first crack at this one. And it's it's kind of a theme I've noticed with college sports where it's becoming less and less about the sport itself. And, you know, I mean, everything going on with, with college football and that becoming sort of its own en- entity, basketball being like, this, the, let's say, the second most popular one is definitely becoming more about TV deals, more about the media part of it and the popularity of it and less about the actual sports. And especially coming um, from Oakland's perspective, we don't have college football, so we don't even have. Um, that aspect in it. All we have is basketball and all the other uh, less popular sports. So for us, I mean, we're just not even a participant, not even able to, let's say, fight back, unable to kind of be included in all this stuff. And it completely blows because mid-major schools like us, like us in the Horizon League, we're not going to, we don't have that many chances to be shown and represented. And now this is just another way to shut the door on us. I don't like this at all. Yeah, I mean, going, being around Morris, like, representative, like, we all know, like, everyone in the entire country remembers 10 years ago when RMU beat, beat Kentucky. I mean, that's how I even heard about the school. Obviously, they're in the NDC at the time, so not the Horizon League at the time, but it just got mid-major programs out there. We saw Youngstown State host a game last year. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying they should, like, host a game, but this just came as a shock to everyone by just shutting the door on every mid-major program and the horizon league is like basically the definition of a mid-major you want their name to get out there aren't like ron morris oakland young sensei they have a good opportunity to get their name out there with the nit and just not to have that opportunity anymore as you said really just blows tori did you want to weigh on this yeah, I was saying, um, I think it's interesting because, like, as the game of basketball. Oh, no, Matt, I think it's happening again. <laughs> I think Tori got abducted. Like, that's, it's, it's, you know what? It's a media abduction thing. It makes My, sense. You know what? I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> Tori, it's can podcast you hear master. Yeah. It keeps happening. And I got it. Yeah. Uh, Okay, that definitely sounded like something got abducted there. That's all right. We'll get Tori. Let us know when uh, when when you're back, and uh, we'll if you can hear us right now. We just can't hear you, and that's okay. Uh, let us know. Um, but we'll we'll hear from the NKU side of things uh, when Tori gets back in here. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Let me add just one more point on this. Sure. And a lot of ki- a lot of uh, athletes when they transfer to these schools, you get we get new transfers from Oakland or those who came in as a freshman and all that kind of stuff. Like the these players dream of going to the tournament. Every time we ask them about their goals for this season, what do they want to do? They want to go to the tournament. And now it through, you know, no fault of their own, they might not be able to get that opportunity, regardless of how well they play in conference, regardless if they win the conference, the dream just might not come true outside of their control. That I, I don't think that's fair. No. And I think the worst part, and this is to Michael's point, you know, memories like that that uh, that Robert Morris went over Kentucky are you ever going to see that again uh, I mean last year last year we had Youngstown State host an NIT game against uh, against Oklahoma State and 
in the current form, in the in the existing format, there's a chance Youngstown State isn't in at all. So it becomes a what it makes. First of all, it makes you wonder what's going through the NCAA's head on this. I think it's just a reaction of the fact that there, a couple of months ago, back in September, apparently Fox Sports was trying to put together some sort of postseason thing that's gonna that was gonna be hosted in Vegas that was gonna involve you know Power Six. The Vegas Sixteen. Yes. No, not the Vegas Sixteen. My God. No, 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 no. Those are our friends. This is not a, this is not a friendly move. Oh, oh, bad, bad, bad. Uh, Tori, is that you back? Are you, are you in here? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm back now. I figured it all out. <laughs> the, the aliens brought you back. I love For that. For now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we touched on this topic. I, I don't I don't know what you guys heard. I don't know what just went down. But I was saying, um, like, the, with the game of basketball evolving, I can understand how people are trying to evolve, like, different situations and all that stuff. But we need to take into consideration um, mid-major schools, too. Like, they, they have a lot to offer. I think that there's more hustle and mid-major schools to get on top and like bring their programs towards like a greater goal and i think that we need to like highlight that and i think that this is taking that away Absolutely. well and that really that really kind of summarizes exactly what all three of our student media people are, are, are here saying like you know that that um it's the words i'm looking for words are tough apparently um you know just being able to see these teams and being on those those platforms like that that helps you you know that's why michael's at rmu he mentioned that like you know these schools need these platforms and and the ability to be seen yeah definitely and then you know with this this change in i mean as of this recording the ncaa hasn't backtracked although you never know with you know where are you attorney general attorneys general out there who are trying to threaten lawsuits and whatnot on these things where are you guys at you guys had no problems with like you know, threatening to sue the NCA over like two time waivers and whatever. Where are you guys at on this one? Like, come on, David Yost in Ohio. You don't miss an opportunity to sue anybody. Where are you, sir? <laughs> um, but with that said, um, then that comes that and I kind of am thinking about kind of the so, the so-called third-tier tournaments. We we talk about uh, we we keep referring to the Vegas 16 or or as some Oakland fans will remember the Vegas Ocho. Uh, Matt, I'm sure you're one of them, obviously. Big um, fan, big fan. Where they did it once in 2016 and didn't do it again. Went from uh, 16 they, to eight to I think maybe four. It they did a, they was, did it was a whole mess. They did a, it was four. No, the four was last year when they did the 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 MTE in season. Oh, okay. they actually came That's back right. temporarily because Wright State was in it. Wright State was in that one. So, um, when you look at that dynamic, does it now open up an opportunity for one of these third uh, what use uh, one of these third tier uh, tournaments, be it? Uh, be it a reemergence of the Vegas 16, uh, be it the CBI potentially expanding. What about um, that tournament Detroit Mercy was going to play in on Florida and Bradenton? The one where they don't have a website anymore? The That's PSA? the one. The oh, the oh no, let's get Antoine one more game tournament. Oh, it didn't happen. All right, moving on. No, but is but but that, does that now open up an opportunity for uh, for a third tier to come in? Um, with potentially with potentially an opportunity for mid majors to participate in in great uh, much uh, in much uh, greater volume than they used to, 
or does the the prospect of having to pay for those tournaments, which is what exactly they would do, be just as much of a deterrent now as it was in years past? I think we're going to have to see how that uh, plays out over the next week or two and see how much more uh, kickback we get from, you know, ADs, from media. You know, Jeff Goodman's been really out there fighting for the mid-major. And I think if there's enough pushback that maybe something will change. But otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the CIT kind of come back in, oh, but maybe God. change its, but change its format where, you know, that, to make it more inclusive to mid-majors, maybe get rid of the the pay to, to get in or, you know, and just do it right with better sponsors yeah. and things, because, you know, just kind of yeah, because stick it to the NIT. The, yeah, when I'm thinking of the CIT, I think of them not, you know, them doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. Um, <laughs> all right. No, but you add in some sponsors and TV and, and yeah. you're off and running. So, yes. Let's get to really what we're here for today, yeah. though, because yeah. we, we blindsided them with this part. Let, let's get Absolutely. to the part that we we know they're ready for. Uh, yes, definitely. I want to, uh, Michael. I want to talk to you specifically because earlier, because uh, um, like literally two hours before the data dump, Robert Morris had an exhibition against Penn State. Um, one of the things that I noticed in that game is. The point is going to be a fluid situation, it looks like, because it looks like uh, you saw a lot of T.J. Wainwright, and you also saw a lot, you also saw, saw some of Justice Williams running the point. When you look at this team, and, and Stefan Walker, was, we'll talk a little bit about how, you know, that, the situation up front, but when you look at kind of that, I know it's a really super small sample size, but does that look like, you know, that point guard by platoon, is that, that what's going to what Robert Morris is going to look like this year? Yeah, I believe so. Going into the game, like me and me and other Colonial Sports Network people were just talking about, like, what would the starting five look like? Will Will it Justice be the be the one, or will it be TJ? Like, if it, like it probably would be Justice to start off. I mean, during the game, we like I was I was at the game right behind the bench, and I saw TJ go down with an injury. I don't know how long that will be. I haven't really heard anything about that, but for right now, it looks like Justice will be the point. TJ played a really good game. Last year wasn't really the season he wanted, but... Well, he was a freshman, into, so... I mean, <laughs> and he was playing into, behind Michael Green the third, so... Right. But going, into, going into uh, this year, I, I definitely believe that Justice will be the main point guard guy, but if it's going to be TJ with the shooting performance that he had, honestly... It might just be a platoon, honestly. Tool might just have a platoon for the two of them. So one of the other things I uh, one of the other things I saw during this game is well, obviously Stefan Walker was out of the did not play on Friday, but I, I saw a lot more of the freshman Al uh, Alvo Fulgueras, I believe his name is. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, you know, I mean, I would. I mean, I'm usually the one to like. Crit- like correct people on that, but honestly, I think it's Alvaro Fulgueras. Is okay. if I had to, if I had to say it, but honestly, don't quote me on that quite yet. <laughs> but I, I did see a lot. I saw a lot of him during that game, and you know, this is you know, I don't really. He was kind of one of those guys who came in uh, near the end of the signing period, so uh, he wasn't really on my radar, especially coming out of uh, you know, coming coming from overseas. Uh, but it looked like he was he he definitely got some playing time over uh, tr- uh, Trey James and in some some instances him and Trey James were, were platooning together. Um, 
Does that is that an encouraging sign that you have a, a a freshman like that to be able to come in um in the you know with with Stefan Walker uh give him some time uh once he gets up and running? Yeah, I mean, last year we didn't see there weren't a whole lot of freshmen. There there was like just I believe TJ was maybe one other freshman to get at least some sort of playing time, but to have a freshman like Fulgaris come into the lineup against the next in an exhibition like Penn State having a lot of minutes behind once Stefan comes back he might the minutes might go down but to have an encouraging sign like him to show up for an exhibition game very early in the year in October it's just good to see that a lot of freshmen are uh are having a lot of uh playing time Stefan was a freshman I just realized you know, you know, my big takeaway watching that game was obviously this is not the Penn State team they were last year, but um, for about half to three quarters of the game, Robert Morris really stuck with them. And that was despite trying to figure out the point guard situation and seeming to kind of lack a little bit in the middle too. you know, all, all fluid situations. But I think overall, I was impressed. Robert Morris hung with, hung with Penn State for most of that game. Yeah, I mean, it was a there weren't a lot of like. There was a lot of just talk about how much would they get beat by, which is obviously is obviously to play a team like Penn State. It's just like you, you don't want to have you don't want to have the conversation at all with any team. But for a team like Penn State last year, they had a successful run in the in the tournament. But to come into the building and just hang around, beat down by two points at one point in the second half, and just be and have a just a ten point loss is a very encouraging sign for for. To just, I would think a moral victory, but also going into the season as something to build on. And one last thing I did no, notice in this game is is Marquise Hastings, uh, and I thought he he got a double double in that game, if I'm not mistaken. It, and I I know I've mentioned the whole idea that he is potentially the guy who can uh, step in for Khalil Spear, who obviously is out of eligibility, graduated, he's gone. Um, I was kind of, uh, it seemed to me like he, he is ready to take that role now, n- maybe not necessarily on the scoring end, but definitely on the boards. Yeah, absolutely. I believe, yeah, we, there's a lot of, obviously I've been, a lot of conversation has been in our newsroom about what kind of player Marquis Hastings is and looking at the stats and some tape from Western Michigan, you would think. I forgot. I forgot who said it, but I was I was thinking that he just might be like a Khalil clone. Like he's not obviously the exact player with the scoring wise, but on the boards, like he could definitely pull a lot of rebounds down. A double double against Penn State is obviously an encouraging sign against a against a Horizon League opponent. You could probably see a double double practically almost practically almost every night. All right. So speaking of exhibitions, Tori, uh, Northern Kentucky actually has one coming up on November 1st against Mount St. Joseph. Um, it's pretty clear that at least three of those roster spots are, you know, obviously solid. Mar- uh, Marquez Warwick, Sam Vinson, Trey Robinson, all three of those guys are in. It, it, it looks pretty likely that Michael Bradley is going to the D2 transfer is going to be the guy at the point. The question is uh, for you is um, that five spot. Obviously, last year you uh, Northern Kentucky had uh, Chris Brandon um, at that spot. This year, you you, you uh, Darren Horn brought in you know uh, Cade Meyer from 
Green Bay and uh, keying into Jerry. I'm trying to figure out if I've been saying his name wrong for the last month or two or a lot. Um, but with this exhibition, is this going to be an opportunity? Uh, do you see this as an opportunity for them to kind of, uh, for Darren Horn to kind of fine tune, uh, figure out specifically uh, which of the two uh, big men he brought in is going to be, you know, at that spot? This didn't happen again. <laughs> oh, no. We Can you hear it. me? Yeah. There you yeah. Hey, 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 there it is. Yep. Here I am. Yeah. No, I think that this is definitely going to be a big game to watch just to see who is going to fill that five spot. You know, we have Cade Meyer coming in. He had a great season last year. I wasn't keeping too much up to date with him um, last year, not watching too much of him. But from what I've heard, and like, again, they went traveling abroad this summer they all got to play with each other a couple times you know all that stuff so you hear great things but I think that this match coming up on the first will definitely like be trial and error figuring it out seeing what works best and trying to get those rebounds like Chris Brandon did now when we I'm sorry did you want to say something Matt I, I, my question I guess is going to be and I don't know you might not even have this answer we might have kind of wait and see at this exhibition game but you know with them playing overseas um my biggest question is we, we've seen what Cade Meyer can do within the league um how do you think he's going to fit into the defensive scheme uh of Darren Horn because that's that's such a big part of you know what Chris Brandon brought besides just the rebounding right I I want to give credit to NKU basketball for having this culture this environment where everybody's going to do what's best for their teammates um I I've seen it like I've talked to some of the players about it they all want they all have a common goal and i think that they're all gonna try to merge up together adapt everybody's playing to form like a well-formed team um yeah i think we can see a lot out of Cade this year and on top of that you know when you also have great players like marquez sam trey all the freshmen coming in i think that the practices are very competitive and they are all learning and i'm very excited for this exhibition match to see how everything is adapting now, one other thing with the uh, exhibition, obviously, you know, when you when you look at the point, I, I can see. Obviously, I'm I'm looking at Michael Bradley, but the other thing that I I guess I have a question mark about with Northern Kentucky, even though they don't have a lot of question marks, is the depth on the and on the bench, and um, maybe you can shed some insight on as to kind of. You know, who is going to be that who's going to be playing that role uh, to spell some of the backcourt guys, specifically Bradley? Right. Um, I think that that's been quite an interesting thing. I'm I'm a senior, so I've been here for around four years now and I've seen different point guards come and go. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely interested. I know that we have like a few young players, but then again, when we're in practices, you know, like when you're in a scrimmage or anything like that, that gives you the opportunity to work your kinks out, figure out what's going on. I think that, again, with having upperclassmen like Trey, Marquez, and Sam, I think that they're going to be able to teach everybody like how this game that Northern Kentucky plays is going to work out. And one other question I have, because we saw a little, we saw we saw some of LJ Wells last season. Where does he fit into this scheme? Yeah, LJ. I think LJ has this 
amazing hustle to him when he's playing. You can tell that he's giving all of his effort. Um, I think he's a solid player. I think he's going to do a lot for this t- program this year. You know, last year he was a freshman, new to the sport, like new to the team. Um, I think he figured his way out, and I'm expecting a lot of big things from him this year. All right, so Gio, uh, first of all, we got to say um, for anybody who didn't hear it, um, he uh, Giovanni did the did the play by play on the exhibition for Oakland um, and then Walsh uh, during yep. their exhibition. Um, by the way, I I have one question outside of that. Um, sure. Who is the one who does the pro? Who does the, who programs the music during the uh, during during halftime? Because I'm convinced that that person is a 50 50 year old man. Who's, yeah. <laughs> because that's exactly what I would probably play. <laughs> no, what it was was they knew that the game wasn't on TV, so all the old heads like me were listening to Giovanni and, and, and the crew. So they wanted to make us feel welcome, and and yes. they played music that we knew, and we appreciated it. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, the, yeah, the way we got it is we got uh, made, the stage is like fifty some years old. All the, all the equipment's kind of a uh, little, little bit aged as well. So we just have like a soundboard of music just to play during halftime. So it just happens to fit the demographic. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I feel I truly appreciate that. We felt welcome. As, as an older gentleman, I do feel pretty, I appreciate that. Um, but back to the game. So one of the questions that I have, and I'm sure this is a question that is going to continue to come up, is who is going to fill the role at the five? Because during that game, I'm not really sure who that was. Yes, that, that situation's kind of fluid right now. So, you know, Chris Conway, he has a little bit of, of spotlight in there. Um, him being the veteran on the team, and he's had he's had some flashes um, during last season, especially against uh, Green Bay. I remember calling that game uh, at the arena. But then you have like some other additions. We got Andre Polk from Central Michigan to kind of add some height there. But I'm not sure how much he's going to play because um, you know he he had a bra- he had a brace on his knee and only played three minutes against Walsh. So that one is um, you know it, it's, I, I think close, it's gonna... how close to the the bench were you? When you oh, I'm right next to um, Is it true that Polk shot a three and got yanked, and that's probably why he only had three minutes? Yeah. Was, I, there, a, was there a lecture from Coach Campy during that time? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I caught much of a lecture, but <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I think after that shot, he was just out. I'm not. I'm not sure if it was for a punishment or if it had to do with the knee. With the knee, I didn't. Uh, I didn't quite follow up on that one. <laughs> Sorry to derail you there. I, I had to ask you yeah. that though, since I know you're you are right next to Campy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kept he gets through to the microphone sometimes, but not 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 so much. But yeah, and that that spot's not necessarily been one that Oakland's had a solid stake at for most of the time that I've covered them. So I w- I would say it's going to be a lot of Chris Conway, but I think in an exhibition they were just trying to see who would fit best. So that 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 one that one will uh, I, I would say still developing. Sure. Um, and one other thing about that, I don't know if it would have made the difference in the game, but Blake Lampman was out of that game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. I, he's back, right? He's going to be playing, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely going to be back for, for fifth year and most veteran uh, player on the team. I, I, I actually never ended up following up or figuring out why he wasn't playing against Walsh. Which I mean, for for an exhibition game, I guess it's not as crucial because I know he's been dealing with some injuries. He had surgery over the off season, but um, I'm not sure what exactly was the reason for it. I'm pretty sure it was uh, 
So yeah, he, he did have the knee surgery. He's back from that. Um, I think he twisted an ankle or some sort of foot injury um, in practice. And okay. from what I heard, um, if it had been a normal non-exhibition game, he would have gone. But because it was an exhibition, they, they kept him out. Yeah, it's a, no, no need to put the strain on it. Yeah, true. Um, the one other question, of course, with Oakland is who's going to run the point? And that <laughs> doesn't seem like a question that was answered during this exhibition either. No, I, I wouldn't say so because um, we, we are, you know, in interviews, I've heard Campy, he mentioned uh, to fill the shoes of Jalen Moore last year. They're uh, considering and they're working on moving Rocket more to the point um, and also kind of rotating in a new transfer tone hunter uh, who, uh, coming from Long Beach State. Uh, so, yeah, during that game, they were kind of splitting minutes. Um, I had the box score up here. Yeah, Rocket had 22 minutes and Hunter had 19. So they were splitting it pretty evenly. And I, I would imagine that Tone would have gotten more minutes if not for an injury that he suffered during the summer. And he's only had so much time to uh, practice and sure. kind of get get back into shape. So it seems like they're gonna, going to be deciding between Rocket and uh, Hunter for the yeah. point but it's 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 a lot it's a huge role to fill definitely compared to uh, you know compared to uh, Moore's production from previous years so it, it's a tough job it's a tough ask um and, and and Tori had mentioned the you know Northern Kentucky obviously went overseas um as and Oakland did as well um mm-hmm. key difference being Tone Hunter because of the injury didn't obviously didn't participate in that and as we know this you know the, the whole point of these trips is to you know get a little bit get a little bit of a bond going together is that mm-hmm. is, is that a potential to kind of put them at a disadvantage not just because of the injury part of it but also kind of the you know bringing everybody together part of it especially considering when you considering what Campy is trying to do at the point yeah, so um, j- just to make sure I understand, Craig, are you saying like Tone not being able to participate in Italy? You're wondering if that is a disadvantage? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah because of the – well, also that – well, that not being able to part- participate in Italy, but also, you know, just recruit – it seems like he's been recuperating from this injury for even beyond that, if I'm not uh, – so beyond yeah. that trip. Yeah, so I, I would – for a disadvantage, like you were saying, like most of that – most of the benefit of that trip is more the team bonding stuff because when they were playing, you know, they mentioned that the European rules were kind of weird and uh, it was, wasn't necessarily, it doesn't translate as much to the American style, but it's mostly about team bonding. And I even had an interview with Tone um, on, on my uh, radio show I do at the station. And, you know, they, they're talking all about him and the other players about how like, Tone called it life-changing that trip. So it's, you know him be, still being able to be with the team and have that experience with them i think will oh. still go a long way despite uh, him not being able to play giovanni i have one other question um one yeah. player that played on that trip and was part of all that bonding and now we are learning might not be with the team at all this year is burrow buru navatalarua all right you you yeah. probably know how to say that better than i do um have you heard anything further? I know uh, Campy had kind of responded on Twitter saying that by the first coach's radio show, he hopes to have an update. But have you heard anything? Do you do you think that that's a factor as, you know, that's a big, big piece to the, the front court depth that all of a sudden is not with the team? Yeah, I haven't heard anything beyond your guys' conversation on Twitter. I was trying to keep, I was keeping an eye on uh, that, that Twitter conversation as well. I haven't heard anything extra about uh, Tuburu Naivalurua. Well I done, sir. That. That's, what, that's why we bring in the pros. <laughs> that's right. I've been practicing that all summer. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, because you, you thought you were going to say his name a little bit. Oh, yeah. You, you haven't gotten a chance to yet. <laughs> no, not yet. I hope so. All this practice, I'd like to be able to use it. Um, so I wanted to open this up to all of you um, because this is obviously – with uh, with with basketball season coming up, and uh, I know, you know, Giovanni. Um, by the way, I gotta ask you. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you are. You, are you gonna be doing some sideline reporting next season, or are you just uh, dedicating yourself to WXOU? Well, that that depends on what athletics needs. If they need a spot to fill in, then you know, I'm I'm the guy to call. But uh, that that one is more on a on demand basis, so I, I don't have much to say in how much I do that. Okay. Yeah. So, and Tori, now if I'm not mistaken, you're part of the volleyball team, correct? At NKU. That is correct. So, my question to you actually is how, how uh, the now you're doing both that, and then you're also the sports editor, uh, one uh, co-sports editor, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with another student athlete, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how do you guys kind of balance the you know, the schoolwork and the and the competitions and you know the the putting together a paper and then ha- somehow finding time to join us? Right. I think that's the fun part for me. That's kind of why I went into this field. Um, Being a part of athletics my whole life, like, it's just, I'm always, like, going, something new, something different every day. Um, And I've always been around sports, so I understand that more, and I relate to athletes more, so I think that helps me when it comes to, like, the journalism aspect. Um, I am in season right now. Volleyball is a fall season, so that's a lot. Um, But thankfully, I am co uh, editor with another athlete. She's on the golf team, Emmanuel Hewson. And we split up the sports so that one, we're covering sports that we know more knowledge about than the other. And also while I am in season, she can cover more of like the in-person games that we need to be covering, like touch basing on. And that's the fun part. You know, I've gotten to know Emmanuel throughout the years. We didn't know each other. Now, now we're always talking with each other, um, keeping each other up to date. Um, yeah, I think it's that's the fun part because I also get to know the athletes as a person too. That's the great part about being an athlete is I get to see them more often, like whether that's in the training room or anything like that. It kind of makes it easier for me to like form connections with other coaches too. There's just something about volleyball players. We, I've I've seen it at Oakland over the years where vo- these volleyball players are also part of the media and they they just bring this this aspect, like you said, because you are in the training room, you know these athletes, and you're able to kind of get this free conversation sometimes which i i love so i, I look forward to seeing more of what you you bring to the, the student newspaper this year too for sure yeah that's the fun part getting to know the athletes outside of their sport <laughs> yeah. and michael I, I know i alluded to this at the beginning of the uh during the introductions that uh you're a part of the colonial sports network which is again probably the most probably the most well-staffed student media outlet i've seen uh, period um, and obviously we've had, uh, we, we've had Ethan Morrison on here a couple of times, uh, over the years, uh, for various things. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, you know, given how well that they do, uh, given, you know, that kind of experience, uh, what have you been able to draw on from, from those guys who've been around for a while? Yeah. Coming into, uh, <clears throat> coming in freshman year, I'm a junior now, so like, I've learned a lot from Ethan. I've learned a lot from learned a lot from our former editor chief Nathan Breisinger, and they're now graduated. Now I have to now fill that shoes, which which I don't even know how I could even do, like even do a fraction of what they're doing, but or what they've already done. 
but yeah, as you said, it's a it's a very well versed, uh, tight knit uh, group that we have at CSN. Um, and also keep in mind, it's also a branch of our news uh, news uh, website in uh, Army Century Media. We do a lot of TV stuff, so it's very it's very well versed. We can do a, a whole lot if you're like if you're interested in media. We have we basically have it for you. So like it's just. Very happy to be a part of it. Very happy to learn from people like Ethan. It's just uh, filling that filling that void, I guess. Sure. That's that's basically all it is, really. All right. um, I'm gonna th- throw this out to all of you. I, I've been asking everybody that we've had on um, the last couple of the few episodes. Um, when you look at the Horizon League this season, and the Horizon League, admittedly, has been down a few years. Um, for one reason or another, is this the year that this this the top to bottom this Horizon League finally um, is better? <laughs> Without lack of a, for lack of a better term, is, is this the year that you know we we see uh, we see a Horizon League uh, a competitive Horizon League that we. Uh, specifically in the non-conference, that's the one that always you know bugs me is that you know they all the Horizon League beat each other up in during the uh, during the conference season, um, but before that the, the non-conference it's always been hit or miss, a lot of miss. Is this a season where we're not going to see as much miss? Please say yes. I've been <laughs> hoping for this for such a long time. Yeah, I can. For, or, go ahead. Yeah. I'll talk about this because I do know I I do know on the a personal level the athletes at NKU I see such a competitive drive a focus this year um, I think especially coming off like last season winning the Horizon League it's motivated Sam it's motivated Trey it's motivated Marquez and also being abroad the team has formed such an amazing bond and they're also extremely competitive so I'm expecting to see a lot out of NKU, but also I'm going. I'm hoping to see that out of every other team in the Horizon League. And yeah, for for us at Oakland, I mean, uh, Coach Campy always schedules a tough out of conference uh, scheduled. I guess the you know iron sharpens iron to get everybody ready for the conference season. And th- this this out of conference schedule is no different. We start off uh, at Ohio State, at Illinois. So as far as the out of conference stuff, I, I mean, Oakland, I know uh, as a whole is an improved team. But I have hesitation in seeing um, more of the out-of-conference success being different. Now, I guess comparing last year, a lot of the out-of-conference stuff was um, hampered by an injury to Jalen Moore. So I I guess barring injury, um, you you could expect a little bit of more competitive out-of-conference stuff. But I'm not sure as to the magnitude of it. We'll put it that way. Yeah, like... uh... Like Oakland, there's a lot of uh, uh, like big uh, opponents in non-conference play. Another Big Ten opponent in uh, Wisconsin against RMU that's is coming up later against Xavier, and uh, having a very uh, deep Horizon League basically just every year. It's a lot of iron sharpens iron, so it's a it's it's very tough to have that one team to stand out. Be probably instead of like a 15 or a 15 seed and probably become a 13 if it if there's only one team that stands out but but yeah just a lot of uh tough uh non-conference opponents especially when it comes to especially when it comes to a new roster 
like Enoch Cheeks and Khalil Spear left and uh in our use case. So a lot of a lot of new people need to need to step up. Stefan Walker is probably gonna have a improved role. Marquise Hastings, Justice Williams are now new to the new to the roster. So just uh, a lot of uh speculation more than answers, I guess, going into a season like this one. Yeah. I also want to touch on a topic. Um, I think if we want to see a competitive Horizon League this season, I don't think it has anything to do with the skill. I think the Horizon League is an amazing mid-major league, and I think that every player and every team has the capability of being an amazing team. I think it's going to come down to the mentality, staying focused, going into each game, staying motivated throughout the season, even when you get exhausted after another game or anything like that. I think that's what's going to really be what makes or breaks this season being a competitive Horizon League season is going to be the mentality of each team. Tori, I have a, a different question. It's, it's, I'm just because I don't get to ask this, you know, it's something that we like to ask other media, but because you get to travel as a member of the volleyball team, what is your favorite Horizon League school that's not Northern Kentucky to visit? Right. Um, that is an interesting question. I think. Uh-oh. I promise I did not cut off her microphone. Tori, did you get abducted <laughs> right when we were getting to the good stuff? I cannot believe this keeps happening. Can you No, you're me? good. You're good. Go, totally go, go. I was um I think I think it comes down to honestly food too. But <laughs> if we're if we're just going based off that, I really do enjoy visiting um um Green Bay just because I think that or Green Bay or Milwaukee they are the furthest for us it's like a couple hour drive but I think that Wisconsin just has this like air and the atmosphere that they have like going into their um their um arenas are are so fun they're just like upbeat and like you really just like you got done playing and driving hours away and you just want to win so that's what those are the two schools that really get me all right, I, I, I'm going to continue this tangent for a minute, not only just with Tori, but um, uh, Giovanni, I believe you've been to Indy for the Horizon League tournament. And Michael, I don't know if you have, but um, we've we've often had a lot of thoughts from Robert Morris types about this. So I'm going to ask Tori first, but I do want everybody's opinion. Tori, how do you feel about having a neutral site tournament as, as a student athlete? And how do you think that affects the uh, the men's men's and women's basketball tournament? Yeah, I think that is actually very interesting because for volleyball, if whoever wins regular season, they host the conference. Um, and that's like a major thing for us. Like everybody, like not only do they want to win conference, but they want to host playing at a home at your home court, like having like the crowd on your side, having the energy there and also being at home. So you have this routine schedule that you do. It's like a really important aspect that you don't take into consideration when you're in when it's basketball. But I think that at the same time, that helps each team have an equal chance of like coming down to preparation, different things like that, which I really do kind of prefer. I think that it makes things a lot more competitive. I don't think that make the, that makes any excuse for how it ends up in the like in the long run after the tournament's said and done. Yeah, and for and for me, I've I've never unfortunately never been to the uh, Indiana part of the tournament, but I get from looking at it at a 
a competition standpoint, like Tori was saying, it's, you know, it's more even for everybody. And I can, it's more, I, I like the sense of it. Now I'm kind of thinking of it from more of a fan's perspective, but the sense of it is like, you want to get to that place. It's a location. It's a goal. It's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, some, something on the horizon for you to go to. And you know, that that's where the battleground is. That's the boxing ring. That's the, the location that you go to do battle. And on the horizon, I, I see you there. Nah, you, you caught that, uh, well you? played, sir. Well played. I do radio for a reason. <laughs> uh, and for, I guess, more of a logistics standpoint, it's more even in the center of the entire horizon. Like, so you can yeah. kind of get a mix of everybody being able to travel. And if they want to bring that home court advantage to Indiana, then, then it's more, um, we'll say it's more logistically possible for people to go and see it themselves. Um, yeah, coming from, coming from RMU, I think a lot of like, especially the alum having the opinion of, Go back to the go back to what the NEC did and have um go back to what the NEC did and have um like just all home court just whoever has the highest seed just host the game, but uh, now that I mean I was a junior so I wasn't so I wasn't able to see that um, when I was a student but I believe I believe they're right though it's there's a lot of uh, like I get I understand why they do it a lot of logistics needs to be planned it's like like you said the boxing ring you try to want to get to that point but also i enjoyed like the first half of the tournament hosting the game first we saw last year michael green the third hit that uh hit that buzzer beater shot the crowd went absolutely electric yeah. you love to see that for a mid for a mid-major like you want you want that big crowd a full capacity crowd maybe not like obviously like in kentucky like with eighteen thousand people but having a crowd like of in the upmc event center's case of like four thousand people like screaming in that small in that smaller arena it's just a, it's amazing to see, um, but yeah, and I also enjoyed the uh, the first the first half of it, hosting the game, but then going into that quote unquote boxing ring, the road to Indy, I also enjoyed that aspect as well. Great insight. All right, well, um, thank you guys all once again for joining us. Uh, go ahead and tell us where we can find you online. All right, who's brave enough to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take this one. Um, so for Oakland University for WXOU, um, you can find us. Our website is WXOU.org. That's where you can stream the broadcast live. Um, you can, you know, we'll, we post on our Instagram at WXOU radio of when we're going to go live and on Twitter at WXOU. That's where you can find all the information on our broadcasts. Um, I'm from Colonial Sports Network. Uh, Colonial Sports Network on Twitter is RMU underscore CSN. And on Instagram, it's Colonial Sports Network. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, great to, it's a great follow for Ron Morris Athletics. Yeah, for the Northern, you can find us at the Northerner on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. All right. Uniformity. There you go. All right. And that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, Matt, I think next week it's just going to be you and me. Um, that's going to be weird. Um, but uh, HorizonRoundtable.com, that's where our podcast episodes, past podcast episodes, all of our uh, all of our articles are. Uh, again, you can pull us up wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So until next time, thank you all for listening.